Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Becky. I love the conversation that we are about to have today. We're merging the worlds of child life specialty. Can't wait to dive into that and just good humans. Seriously good human. And so I want to do something a little bit different before we go into the intro. I want everybody to take a step back and I want you to visualize going into a restaurant. You walk into a restaurant, whether you are the child or you're taking a child and they hand uh, the maitre d' or the host hands you like the little coloring sheet, like the three crayons and your child happily colors, and then you eat your meal and you leave. They start to bust the table. You know, where do those crayons go? Probably in the trash can. What a waste, right? We are here to meet the disruptor that said no more. So that is how I will set the scene for introducing Mr. Brian Ware, humanitarian extraordinaire, big-hearted businessman who really dove into finding a way to just be a light to children uh, in need. So Brian is the creator of WearWorks, a consulting firm specializing in packaging and product design as well as manufacturing processes. So after years of helping you know, companies such as you may have heard them. Just casual. Google, <laughs> Uncle Ben's, Scott's miracle Grow, Franzia, who doesn't love a little box wine. Oh, <laughs> me. Um, is He's helping them streamline their manufacturing and products for this ultimate efficiency. And he stumbles into this Crayola crisis. Is, can I call it that? Is it too dramatic? And he ended up taking all of this expertise that he has in manufacturing and he paired it with this love that he has for arts and helping children in need to create the Crayola initiative. And this is not in the bio, but I know a little bit about it because Brian and I have visited before. I mean, it's been in People Magazine. It has been in every, I mean, I think the Today Show, it's everywhere. You've probably heard about this nonprofit because it's so mighty in its mission. I don't want to cheapen any part of the story by telling it. I want Brian to talk about how a man that works with Fortune 100 companies decides one day that he is going to create a nonprofit that helps children in the hospital. Brian, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so curious about this founder story. Can you uh, just start off by telling uh, how this journey began for you and why you were inspired to create this nonprofit? Long story short, my mother was a teacher. And so I grew up in a very educational household. I was not the studious school type. So I actually um, got used art to get through school, and that was kind of my savior through my educational years. And you swear you're never going to marry a teacher. Well, married a teacher. <laughs> and so in 2011, the discussion at the beginning of the school year was about what's it going to cost for you to be a teacher this year. And art was cut from the California state budget that year. So we were 
doodling on the uh you know paper cloths at the restaurant that night why then my kids were five and seven so we had plenty of crayon usage by that point in time but the conversation just sparked from that of like i wonder what we could do with these crayons to figure out how we can give back to the arts in some fashion um jump ahead a couple of years as we do some of the stuff stalls out, uh, the crayons are actually still on my other desk um, from that night. Oh. And a friend was like, are you going to do that or not? What, you know, what, what are we going to do about this discussion that we had two years ago about these crayons? So we decided to figure out the best way to utilize them and find a way. Brian often thinks too big. I was told to focus a little bit. So we focused on the tangible crayons and um, providing them to a new home. Uh, we wanted to find a place that was good for it. Schools were pretty kind of difficult to justify how we were going to give to schools without getting into huge grant writing and reading and figuring out, oh, you're a needy school, non-needy school, et cetera. Uh, but this friend works as a child life specialist at UCSF Children's Hospital. And she said, what about hospitals? I knew nothing about children's hospitals other than my kids both being born in children's hospitals. Um, so I investigated and talked to several different children's hospitals and got the same story that they have to fundraise for everything that they provide the kids. The hospital gives them a stipend, normally barely covers the child life's director's salary, and that's it. The rest is on them for all their volunteers, all the other child lives within the hospital. So it was a kind of match made in heaven that it worked out. Um, they wanted our grants. It would save them money um, that they could divert to other look, other things that were more important. Well, I think, you know, you introduced a topic that's something that we're really passionate about because we spent the last decade in healthcare philanthropy and the particular health system that we were at wanted this child life specialty program for the longest time. And it only became possible, like kind of what you're exp- expressing through philanthropy. And I remember what the program looked like before and after from a pediatric standpoint, from a family standpoint, And it's like they break down the walls for these families and these kids and make it not a scary experience. They come around with the most creative, fun, puppetry, whatever it may be. Bubbles. Bubbles. Uno. Arts and crafts. It is just a wonderful way to disarm kids from having the fear of going into the hospital. Um, So, I mean, we're very big proponents and believers in just helping them get the resources they need. So I love that you're connecting these two passions together. I would just love for you to walk through what how do you tangibly work? Like what is the crayon initiative look like today? What are the programs that you have started and what does it kind of look like on a day-to-day basis? Day-to-day today, uh, let's take pandemic out of it because <laughs> today is completely different than right? a year, I call it a year ago now, I guess. Um, but basically the, the overview of the crayon initiative is we take used and unwanted crayons from wherever um, schools, homes that started with restaurants bring them back in. We have, whether it's sorting parties or team building events at corporations to do the sorting. Once they're sorted by color, we'll melt them down, make new crayons that we then ship to children's hospitals. So those are kind of the the buckets, shall you call it. And then from there, um, as I mentioned, we did uh, large team building events all across the country with corporations. Uh, To do that, we have National Charity League, Boys Team Charity, Boy Scouts doing programs, schools doing programs. We're probably in 5,000, 6,000 schools across the country doing programs with us, doing collecting. 
Um, and then from there on our website, we have playbooks for each of these type programs. So for instance, on the school program, we have activities from K pre-K really all the way through high school on how they can get involved with us um, from, and with those, there's activities in there that are common core, again, married to the teacher. So common core that fits into the criteria. So we could do a math assignment based off of these crayons and counting and graphing that meets common core. So it's not an extra exercise for the teacher, but they can actually utilize that as one of their, um, you know, teaching moments or uh, lesson plans within the school. So we have four or five playbooks on the site for each of these different places to con uh, connect and get involved with the current initiative. I love that y'all make your own crayons. Like how many, well, how magical is do. that? <laughs> I mean, I just have to say one, I need to correct myself because I think I called this the Crayola initiative in the intro. It is the crayon initiative. I want to make sure that we got the name right, especially for anybody who's going to be Googling this. But the other thing is how brilliant Brian are you that you would take something like your manufacturing or your process and push it back to the people? Because I have to tell you, um, this would would probably qualify for the oddly satisfying subreddit. John and Julie are dying because <laughs> I love Reddit. But it's like, I honestly think it is such a therapeutic thing to think about. This is not work. Taking crayons and literally sorting them in buckets. I found out about this organization a couple months ago, and I told my daughters, seven and ten, about it. And they both were like, we want to sort crayons. Like there is something about the order of it that just feels very satisfying. But the fact that, you know, the end result is going to be helping kids who are literally fighting through some of the most challenging diseases, health conditions makes the act that much sweeter. And you've actually created a process by which volunteerism is so baked in to what you're doing. So I want to commend you for that. The other thing is just bravo on the creativity of it. And I love this concept of upcycling and not throwing things away. We want to be a carbon neutral organization. And it's like crayons are so joyful. They're so vibrant. They're so whimsical and a part of your childhood. And it's something that brings such joy. And I honestly think about something like covid and people in quarantine, they're probably going to have to throw these crayons away anyway after they've been touched in the hospital. And it just makes you feel a little bit better that we've recycled and recycled. It's just a really overall wholesome mission. So I wonder, Brian, if you could just talk a little bit to our listeners um, and give us an overview about the impact that the Crayon Initiative has been able to have since the short time that you've been in um, business. We've collected, I think it's about 250,000 pounds of crayons. Um, wow. We've collected over 300 pounds of crayons. That equates to ballpark 45 million crayons that we've collected. Um, we've donated to about 250 hospitals and we've delivered over 530,000 packs of crayons so far, which, you know, kind of, it's a big number. It, it, you know, it hits you that we've touched 530, 540, whatever number you want to put down thousand pediatric patients or their families. Um, the carton that we donate to a child is kind of a one-to-one -one type thing, but the reality is, is it's touching the whole family. Um, you know, they draw pictures for their doctors. They draw pictures for the child life person. They draw pictures for their parents. Um, we're keeping a sibling 
calm, you know, and that sibling is drawing a picture for the, the, the sibling, that's the patient, let's say, um, you know, we get all kinds of stories from the hospitals like that, of how many different people, a single pack of crayon actually touches. Wow! It doesn't just have to be a packet of crayons is what I'm hearing you say. I mean, it's so much more than that. Totally. And I mean, I love hearing stories like yours because we talk a lot about that people just need to take action where they see the need, where they feel called to serve. And I love you're taking this brilliant expertise you have in the packaging market, which seems so nuanced. And I would have a hard time thinking, how does that even translate to this, uh, to, to how I can plug in a nonprofit or an admission? And you have come up with this most brilliant way to do that. And you are uniquely qualified to be leading the charge in this way. So I just, I love your story. love how you have activated your expertise in just this really meaningful way. So how can listeners get involved in this? Like Becky says, if we want to get some crayon sorting going, do we collect crayons or what, what are the needs of the, the initiative? Yeah, Given the pandemic and where we're at today, I'm finding that the easiest route is you do a collection wherever, you know, locally to you where you are. And then from there, you guys can do the sorting events. Um, if you can get together or do it, you know, with, with your family, just the four people, five people, whatever's in your family, let's say, and then send them back to us sorted. There's information on the website on how to do that. Uh, if not, just reach out to us through the website and we'll be more than happy to answer. Um, but yeah, you just start up, uh, schools are going to maybe start up depending on what part of the country you're in. Uh, so you can do a collection there with the kids and then do big sorting events, um, scouts, again, do their own. We have several Eagle Scouts doing collections in their uh, local community right now. Uh, So it can still be done during this pandemic and get involved. I just think it's such a great idea. I just think it's something that anybody can do anywhere in the world. And it really does speak to how many hands are really touching your nonprofit. And I mean, I would have to think it'd be tens of thousands of people after all of this time. I think one of the biggest questions I'm thinking about right now is how do you steward that act? How do you communicate? Do those people get on your email list? Are you inviting them to events? I mean, I wonder how they can follow the progress, Um, even though I know you guys have great social channels. And I have to say, give a shout out to the Crayon Initiative website, because even as you go there, they have one of those great websites where the happy child on the front with the crayons is just so joyful and moving. So I'm really curious about your engagement with all of these people who are trying to pour in here. It's really hard to keep track of because it, again, not only on the crayon box side in the hospital, touching so many people on the out, you know, on the receiving end or the collection side. And there's three to 5 million people that have been involved in one way or the other with us so far over the years. When we're open, um, our, just our facility in town here where we actually do the melting down, we'll have five to 700 volunteers a month through there helping us create. So it, it touches a lot of people, which has been fabulous. You can find out more, obviously, on our website, subscribe to the emails once to twice a month. So we're not going to bombard you, but we give you updates of what's going on and how we're doing and where the growth has come. And then again, feel free to reach out. We're more than happy to answer their questions and get you set up with a program, uh, how to collect, you know, at your schools and your community, et cetera. 
I, I have to say, and I know this is going to date me and everyone who's not a millennial and a Gen Zer, uh, just tune out right now. But I have this image from my mind of Sesame Street when I was a child in the 80s. And one of the most powerful videos that I can still remember is the day they showed how crayons were made in a factory process. I can still see the little girl holding <laughs> up her orange crayon. It was orange, of course. And uh, we love orange. That's our alma mater. And I remember being so fascinated fascinated at the way that they were made and how clean and inviting and like the excitement I got as a child to have a brand new fresh crayon. And if you go onto the Crayon Initiative's website, they have videos that show them literally doing this process after they've melted it down and it just makes my childhood heart happy. So thank you, Brian, for what you are doing. It really is taking me back to just the whimsy of being childlike. And I and I think we can all agree that we want to provide that opportunity to more kids. So I just have to ask you because the stories that you must hear from the output of this have probably moved your heart and made you feel like this was the right move and that you're doing something very important. Is there a story um, that, that lifts up to the top of your head about a moment of philanthropy where your crayons really did make an impact that really moved you? There was one girl that we're taking pictures of and filming. I would, I would guess about four, maybe. Um, didn't speak English. Never held a crayon before. And we just kind of took out, put them out there. She touched it. She really wasn't sure what to do with it. And then we showed her, you know, just not coloring, just scribble back and forth. And her eyes lit up. She grabbed the pink one and started going to town. And she was just giggling and laughing. You know, it was the best thing ever. And there was no language interaction other than the art um, because she didn't speak English. Uh, so it was, you know, pretty, pretty interesting to watch that and see the fun and the, uh, you know, eyes light up and the smile and all that other stuff. And then you have the other side of the coin. Um, you know, we had some kids that we did the photo shoot with that unfortunately passed right after. And the mom, you know, thanked us because that was the last time a few days before when we did the photo shoot, uh, was the last time he she saw him smile. So it was one of those things that we wanted to make sure and we got her the pictures that we took during this photo shoot so she could have the pictures of him smiling and that type of stuff in the hospital. So there's kind of the two sides of the coin, the good and the bad, but they're both really good stories. And what nets out of it is how much uh, smiling happens basically from crayons. Well, and I think the story behind it of so many people coming together to support the kids at the very end of the story is just the magic here. And I think that that is what really would encourage a family and a kid as they get to unpack that. So or unpack the crayons. There you go. Full circle. Yeah. So, okay. We ask all of our guests, what's their one good thing? Um, what's a piece of advice you could give our listeners? Something that has just really helped you a good habit or a secret to your success. When we started the Crayon Initiative, there's obviously a lot of things going on that's like, do we just throw in the towel? I don't know how we're going to get paper off the crayons. I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, I just don't see how we can scale it. And it's always been, don't give up. Failure is not an option. If you have an idea, know that that idea is going to change or morph as time goes on, but don't give up on it. Just keep adapting to whatever you're doing and don't give up on it if it's really a good idea. I love that awesome. you brought up, John, the, the parallels that we've been having these conversations on the podcast about everyone just needs to lean into the thing that they're good at, you know, and if you have a passion or you have a particular skill set in one area, 
apply that to the thing that really moves your heart in this life. I mean, I can assure you that Brian could have never imagined that he would be putting over half a million crayons into the hands of children like 10 years ago. And so I just, no, he's shaking <laughs> his head. wasn't even a blip. No, it wasn't even a blip. And I just think about the joy that you have infused. And to just illustrate just what a kind and humble person Brian is, I, he hasn't authorized me to say it, but I'm going to. Um, when we were talking just initially and he found out that I used to work in healthcare, he said, where's your hospital? And, oh, they have child life. Connect me with them. I want to get them crayons. And so now just by virtue of being a kind human and being a great person, Integris Health in Oklahoma City, who is has a fledgling child life department, is now getting crayons from the Crayon Initiative. And now it's benefiting our community. And that is the beauty of just finding people with big hearts who are willing to lean in and help. So the way, Brian, that I'm going to repay you for the kindness that you're giving to the pediatric patients in the Oklahoma City Metro is I just want to put a challenge out to anybody today. Yes, Brian needs your crayons. And yes, this is an incredible activity that could be done, you know, within your Sunday school, within your kid's school or whatever. I'm, I'm even seeing like, can you imagine people at a gala, like in their formal gowns sorting crayons? That would give me life, I'm telling you. <laughs> but Brian also needs donations to be able to scale this. So if you feel called or moved by this mission, if you have a heart for children, especially children in the hospital space, this is an incredible nonprofit that will allow your gift to touch so many, so many hospitals. It's over 250, you know, across the country. And I'm here to tell you, I have been a frontline um, observer of the way that this has impacted children. Cause I can remember back when we would fundraise, do you remember this for the arts and crafts oh, yeah. carts that would go into each of the different children's rooms and our pediatric unit. And it's like when those kids see something brand new, something fresh that's never been touched, never been open, like the the joy is so effervescent and lovely. So there's my little plug. Please help Brian. And Brian, tell people how they can connect with you. Where can they go learn? Where can they make a gift? Um, and tell us where you are on social. Sure. The best way really is to go through our new website called the thecraneinitiative.org. Um, you can donate there. Uh, there's peer-to-peer fundraising uh, playbook on the best way to do that. If you want to uh, have a campaign or challenge within your own community, who can raise the most money? You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. This well, is just wonderful. It's been a very cup filling conversation. Thank you so much for being on here today. It's been a joy. No problem. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to today's conversation. We hope Brian inspired you to look at how you can use your innate gifts to pour into the causes that mean the most to you. Who knows, you could end up blessing half a million kids in the process. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your missions than ever before. That's why we'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can join today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing, if you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comper, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Have a great week. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. 
Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.